Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Coy! Hi, I'm Wayne. Oh, Mr. Wayne. Hi, hi, Mr. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Over to Wayne, and Wayne is just shy of the touchdown. night tonight tension grows the whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice the goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane someone roars bobby scores at the good old hockey game oh the good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game All right, I think we're ready to play. We've got Mr. Hockey with us tonight. That guy needs no introduction, so we won't introduce him. We'll just say, you know who you are, Chris Collins. How are you, sir? Are you muted still? You know what? I think I think you got muted. Oh, wait. Try now. Wait. Chris. No. No. Okay, let's try now. Hey, one, two, three. There it is. He shoots, he scores. Uh, how are you, sir? Good, man. How about you? I saw a smile of recognition when the good old hockey game started. So you've heard that before. Uh, probably 153,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's good very Canadian. Hockey. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's got, it's got Canada written all over it. All right. It certainly does, eh? All right, now this is a first. We haven't had you on while the game's been going on before. This is a first. So uh, you want to get us up to date? How are the Golden Knights doing? Uh, I saw the first 20 minutes. I have to thank uh, Xfinity tonight for uh, uh, screwing up YouTube TV. So uh, Ah, all right. Well, then my phone and watch. Allow me to be the the bearer of good news. It's four to one right now. Golden Knights leading Edmonton. Uh, okay. On so the road, a that's a things. good thing, right? It is, and especially in Edmonton. And remember what I told you a couple of weeks ago. You know, fans will get mad at the home team when they come back from a road trip or in the playoffs. It's very, very difficult. You come home, you want to get sleep. If you have kids, your kids want to hang out with you. Or if you don't have kids, you got friends, they're calling. Everybody wants something. And it's tough to get refocused again. Whereas on the road, hey, hold all calls, yep. put your phone off. And, you know, one of the things that happens with the life of uh, being in pro sports, but especially in the National Hockey League, it's very regimented. Okay, We get a piece of paper telling us, hey, here's the road trip itinerary. This is where you have to be. What time? And you live your life just like this. You know when to eat. You know when to get dressed. You know when you have to be at the bus. You know when you have to be at the plane in the morning. And you just don't miss those things. Even if you're near death, you get there and right. you go and do what you got to do. So when you get home, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. And, you know, this is a tough time for these guys. But in Edmonton's favor, 4 1 is not much for them with those guys that can score goals. So uh, tonight, Vegas has played much smarter the first 20 minutes. They did two things that I thought were very good. They tried to stand the Oilers up in the neutral zone. If they failed, they got three back each time into their own end and then forced the Oilers to go outside and shoot the puck from distance. 
And then in the Edmonton end of the ice, they made sure what we call fronting the defenseman, whereas you want to get one body or two bodies in front of their D and try to work the puck down low. And what they've seen with Skinner, the goalie for and netminder for Edmonton, is that he likes to go down early and play off his knees. And you've seen a number of goals have come off rebounds in tight. Mm. I think if, if, if Vegas can do that the rest of the series and Edmonton can't adjust to that, I think the Oilers are going to have a tough time. So it's, it's great. It's a battle of wits right now. Each team's trying to will themselves onto the other team. That's what makes the NHL playoffs phenomenal. Sounds, though, like in this case they figured out uh, with their goalie maybe uh, it's almost like tipping your pitches in baseball. You kind of know a tendency, and so then you you practice and work to take advantage of that particular hole in the gate, so to speak, right? Well, you do. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult because sometimes, you know, maybe there's a tendency you've, you've – You've noticed maybe the Nettie's got an injury or maybe he's doing something, he's telegraphing something. Also important tonight is that Brossois, the netminder for Vegas, it's taken him through, who was actually in the American Hockey League and they didn't even expect him to be up in the NHL. He got hurt. It looked to me like he may have strained a groin uh, 15 hmm. minutes into the first period and he went out. Oh. So Aiden Hill came in to back him up. So, I mean, that's a big change, too. So what you want to see now, and I can tell you this unequivocally, with Brossois' inexperience at leading in a, a National Hockey League franchise, especially into the playoffs, and with Hill, uh, the, the Knights are going to try to limit as many shots as they can on these two netties, now with Brossois and Hill in. And for sure, they're going to want to keep those shots uh, from outside to where they can square the netty can square up on the shooters and know where the puck's coming from. You don't want to let those guys get in tight and make tight passing in close because guy hasn't played that much and he gets thrown into the uh, mix here. It's going to be very very difficult for him. So you know, I never I realized, this. Chris. I never realized how much of this game is really about the goalie. I mean, it seems just from listening to you break it down for me over the last couple of weeks, more and more, it's like that's. The key to everything. If you, if you don't have good net play, you're not going to win games. Well, I mean, look at it this way, okay? You and I share in common the Bay Area. We share in common the Raiders, the Warriors. That couch you're sitting A's. on, all of that, yep. Exactly, right, yeah. I'll send you my next payment next month, <laughs> okay. okay? So the the things that made champions out of those franchises, or if you're from L.A., what, what made the Lakers champions, what made the Dodgers champions – what made the Los Angeles Raiders champions? Defense. Yeah. And in hockey, I don't care what anybody tells you, you build from the goal out, which means you want the netminder. You've got to have at least two defensemen. You'd like to have three that can play 25 to 30 minutes a game. And then you got to get lucky with centers. Your centers have to be able to play two-way hockey. They've got to be able to navigate the neutral zone, and they've got to be able then to dictate in the offensive zone, or they got to be able to get back in the defensive zone and lock down their man or be that guy to block shots or whatever. So, I mean, that's how you build the team. Net, Net out. defense, centers, and then the wings come into play, and, of course, special teams. And the wings are the guys that get all the sexy credit, right? Well, no, not really. Not in today's game. You know, the wings have to be gritty. 
They've got to be fearless, and they got to be able to come across the center of the ice. They, they take abuse, too. Aren't they the fighters, the, the key, though? Don't they typically end up being in the brawls? It seems to me that the wings are always the one dropping gloves on the ice. Yeah, I mean, if you can, I mean, generally, you're going to, fighter is not going to be your netminder, obviously. Yeah. You'd be thrown out of the, the game for that. Defensemen in the old days, in the old NHL, a lot of nasty defensemen, and they dropped them and they fought. There were some evil defenders in the league. They were unafraid of anyone. The game changed over the last 50 years. Uh, but yes, now, I mean, you're not going to see uh, the old Boston Bruin teams of the 70s where, where Don Cherry would have a couple of centers that were sort of um, hooligans that would want to come out and grind and, and whack you with the stick, drop them and go. It's primarily going to be that fourth line winger or th- third line winger or when you were in the bay area when i was at the sharks we traded for owen nolan and before owen hurt his uh, knuckles and they told him we wanted you to focus on playmaking scoring buster as inside the team we knew him he was a right wing and he was tough okay guys in the league did not want to fight him even the big tough guys like bob probert you know he'd sort of snicker at owen and owen would land solid punches on him and they were sort of like why are we fighting each other well doing is hurting our hands yeah so but yeah you know the the power forward um evander kane is a power forward who's playing for edmonton right now and people saw the match or the game tonight match here's my soccer in me (laughs) at the end of the first period he ran after the horn went off and cross-checked um uh, the the uh, defender um, for a Vegas in the throat and Ooh. took a two minute minor and you know that was a message he tried to wake his roster up and wanted to send a message to the Vegas defenders that hey I'm coming in the next 20 minutes I'll sit my butt for two minutes but you're going to see me out of there I'm coming after you so uh, it's you know it, what, the way our our game is played. You know, it's always struck me as kind of crazy that, you know, they sort of look the other way when it comes to the fights in hockey, it, it, like no other sport. I mean, I can't imagine what would happen if the umpire said, yeah, go ahead in baseball. You guys just kick the crap out of each other. We'll stand back and let you do your thing. I mean, they're pretty quick to try to break it up. Well, it's an intimidation game. So in baseball, you know, there's a thing called chin music. Yeah. There's uh, backing guys off the plate. Uh, you know, there's a lot of smack talk that goes on that um, if you're on the benches, you hear the fans don't necessarily hear. It. You'll hear an announcer say, hey, we you know, we we've been told there's a lot of chirping going on and hockey. The reason that they let them get physical and maybe shove a little bit or after the whistle, a couple of guys punch each other like, hey, break it up. And if you listen, you'll hear the referee and linesman yelling at guys, hey, enough, stop it or somebody's going to go sit down. The reason they do that is because in hockey, full time up and down the ice at 20 to 25 miles an hour, these guys are skating. They're using sticks. Right. And if they prevent a lot of this pushing and shoving, somebody's going to take a stick and they're going to rack a guy with it. Hmm. And sometimes it happens. Okay. And it's not pretty. And the end result is if sticks come out, then you're going to really get guys hurt. So they know over the decades that if they let him push, uh, remember, it's a small space. It's only 200 by 85. And guys, you know, less less space, more pace. And with the equipment today, 
Everything from elbow pads to helmets to gloves, everything is made not to break. And it's tough. It's used with composite. And when you get hit by it, it hurts. Sure. So it's better to let them shove, push, you know, clutch, that grab, makes sense. throw sure. an elbow in the gut. You said you rack a guy, and, and I had to cross my legs for a second. That's how, that's yeah. how, the, that's how bad that, that sounds. Oh, oh, I watched my son playing uh, in junior A hockey in a game they were up by four or five goals. And, you know, at that point, I'm telling him, um, you know, from the bench, hey, uh, you need to calm down. Just dump pucks, okay? Let's get done with this this game. Dump the puck, set set the bodies, throw the puck to the front of the net, or just dump them and get off the ice. And a guy whacked him in the back of the knees coming across mm. the middle of the ice. And I said, hey, it's time to get off the ice. Let's go get off. And my son turned and went the other way, and I'm screaming at him to get off the ice. And he skates through the neutral zone, and the guy that whacked him came by, and all of a sudden he threw a two-foot elbow. All those teeth came out on the ice from that kid. Wow. So so this kid was just bitter, screaming, yelling. The other coach, I know, he looked over at me, and I just went, okay, sorry about that. The next year, my son gets signed as a free agent by that team, and that kid that he knocked his teeth out was the captain of the team. <laughs> so he's like, they're buddies. Yeah, they end up, uh, they end up being him, friends. But, I'm uh, sure. You know, uh, we're buddies now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man. Hey, dentists no. love hockey players, don't they? Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for mouth guards and then where the mouth guard doesn't protect, they love them. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, uh, it's four to one still. So the score hasn't changed since we started. Uh, well, they got to stick to that plan. Yeah. Because if they get into a run and gun game, Edmonton's going to light them up. And Edmonton's done that to everybody in the league. So the key is you try to keep them wide and you play them physical. you got to grind them. Because if you let them run up and down the ice, you get fatigued. Or if you take penalties, as Vegas found out two nights ago in Vegas, you take penalties. Edmonton's uh, power play going into the first period was five of its last nine. I mean, basically, it's a wow. 600 percentage. Yeah. So you can see why. So um, you st- no five to one now. They just scored again. Good. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we got to have uh, American teams win. Second period, and you're you're standing by your prediction that you made right here on this show. Yes. I just want to make sure we're clear about that. Seven I want games. The, I want the credit for your prediction, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought seven games. You did. On this, uh, I still think each team uh, has great coaching, and they can react to what has been thrown at them, even if it's after a game is done and they come back to the next game. The key for Edmonton, just remember, this is another thing in our sport, Okay. If we're down 5-1 and I'm in the locker room and I've been there, believe me, in national title games, everything, and the team is down by four or five goals, my message to them is, look it, you've been fantastic all season long. We've overcome everything. You've got to this point, okay? Make the final 20 minutes count. Play hard, play smart, make it your best hockey. If the final score is 7-2 or if it's 5-3 or if it's 6-5 and we win it, Make it your best 20 minutes because at least you know when it all ends, you gave it everything you did and you did it the best you could. And that's exactly what Edmonton should be trying to do in the final 20. So as when they get into game four, they'll come on a good curve, as we call it, with a good mental attitude. We play tough the final 20. We're coming today to win and we're going to win. Right. But if they, if they keep getting, if they keep getting their butt kicked the rest of this game, 
that's deflation and then possibly that's that, right? At that point. Better to lose seven, eight, or one than it is two, one in overtime. Yeah. On a seven, eight, one game, let me tell you, these guys are tired. They're not practicing on the off days. The coaches will look at the, at the video and they'll take a look at it. And if they're smart, they'll come in on, uh, Wednesday morning and say, we're not doing any video. Okay. We know what we have to do. We hit delete on the video. We're a lot better than we were on Monday night. Let's go get it done, boys. Yeah. You did see the clip of uh, Winnipeg's coach after that series, right? Oh, it's perfect. It was perfect. (laughs) Ricky's great. He's a great hockey guy. Uh, I loved it. He's like too many people that don't like him. Yeah. He was like, this is going to be short and sweet. And we, we sucked. Bye. My, as I told you, my dear friend Wade Flaherty is an assistant coach there and he's the head of net mining. And he played for the Sharks. He played for me in China when I ran the Olympic team there. He's a phenomenal guy. And he's short on words as well. And that team has talent in Winnipeg, but they've got some guys that are too comfortable. And it showed. I mean, Vegas was exhausted in that deciding game. It showed in the late second and third period. They just wanted to get the game done. And Winnipeg did nothing. Mm-hmm. Their, their top guys just floated up and down the ice. If I'm the head coach or GM, I would have brought those guys in and said, hey, we appreciate your effort. Count on not being back here next year. You're done. Wow. So, yeah, it's a shame. Hey, you know they what else a is? Lot of money, dude. You know what else is a shame, Chris? It's funny you said a shame because it's the way I feel. I feel like the. The disappearance of the hockey mullet, to me, has uh, has changed the game for the worse. I I think that haircut signified that game and that sport better than any. In fact, as a demonstration, I would like to uh, show you this. I don't know if you can see this or not. But there's a, there's a couple of hockey mullets right there in full effect. All business in the front. That's not a mullet. No. Party in the back. Yeah, you had it going on. It's uh, I had it when I... When I was in the National Hockey League, I had a bad, I had what they call a bad salad. And I um, <laughs> I was judged two years in a row, Yammer Yager and I, with the two worst haircuts in the league. And I said, my, and I used to look at Yager and he'd look at me and go, what the problem, Slick? Hair look good, Slick. I go, yeah, it looks great. Mine does too. Yeah, you had uh, you had kind of a like, let's put that back up again. There it is right there. If you can see, there it is. In the front, you, you had kind of a... Uh, Almost a Rod Stewart sort of feathered thing happening, which yeah, I, 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 I could never pull that off because I had curly hair, as you can see. I, I look like Billy Ray Cyrus on a bad day, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, I miss the mullet. I do miss the mullet. Okay, so you're, you're saying Vegas still is your pick to go all the way, maybe not win it all, but at least get to the final dance, right? Well, remember what I told you about Seattle? Oh, I mean, yeah. They're up 2-1 the on yeah. Yeah, on, on Dallas right now. A good friend that plays there, Joe Pavelski, who is my neighbor in San Jose when I came back from Seattle all those uh, years. He's a great kid. Dallas, let me just t- say this and share it with you. Inside the National Hockey League Players Association, Dallas has been was the preseason favorite to come out of the West and go into the Cup Final. They've got a big defense. They've got three or four big studs on offense. Ottinger, the netminder, was considered the best young netminder in the league. But guess what? They didn't check the heart of Seattle. And right now, Seattle's on a roll. Their players accept their roles. They play hard, and they're they're patient. And if you make a mistake, they jump all over you. Mm. And that, that 
this is going to if these two teams make the finals of the West, Seattle and Vegas, it will be a series for the ages. I'm telling you right now. That People could be more exciting than that. any Stanley Cup final. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It happens. Right. Okay. Well, still five to one. So we're going to keep watching the game and, uh, I'm going to start trying to grow the mullet back today. Maybe I'll have yeah, it by good luck. May, yeah, it's not going to happen, but I'm going to at least try. Okay. That's, that's yeah. all we can do at our age, Chris, is try. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Try, well, try, you're a lot try younger some more. than me. Not much. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, I think we're stride for stride, you and I. Speaking of, uh, going off the topic for a, just a little bit, yes. I read what you wrote about uh, Vita Blue, who passed on Saturday. And you and I both grew up watching him pitch at the Coliseum. And uh, what do you got to say about Vita? I know you, you knew him. I, I love the Oakland A's. They were my heroes. I mean, I love the Raiders. They were my... Um, they were my criminals. Yeah. So that evil side of me were the Raiders, where guys, you know, would kick guys after the play. I, I loved them. That's why I loved hockey. The Raiders would have been great NHL players. Yeah. The A's were my heroes. All they did was win. And they banded as one against the owner. And I like the owner, too, because he and his brother built this team. And ran the and, whole thing with uh, the, basically a staff of two. You know? Yes, and then yeah. you'd call and say, "Can I get tickets?" And it would be Charlie Finley or Carl Finley or MC Hammer. Yeah, right. who was eleven years old. He used to answer the phone and was the executive the vice president thing. at eleven. Yeah, yeah. So Vida was. Uh, it always takes me back to my dad and I going on a Wednesday night or you know a Monday night freezing inside of the Coliseum, and the one constant you'd hear with Blue. That catcher's glove would pop. Yeah, every time he threw the ball. Even off speed, it popped. And he was such a, a happy-go guy. He was good with all the fans. You know, his hat would go flying off. He was always sweating and all over the mound. And uh, But he was he was pure Oakland. He was pure East Bay. Yeah. All those players, man, they, they fit the, uh, the blue collar of Oakland, which um, it wasn't the sophistication of San Francisco um, that was presented to all of us. Uh, the A's were the, the middle class, the upper middle class folks that were um, the little train that could. And nobody have, exemplified it better than Vita Blue. Have you ever seen The Rebels of Oakland? It was an HBO special. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I did see it. Because that, to me, that epitomizes what that town was like back then. And it was definitely blue collar. And we had a chip on our shoulder. San Francisco was that that beautiful shining thing yeah, across course. the bridge. And, and, you know, and I grew up in East Oakland, 74th Avenue, like the number there 57 bus took me right to the, to the fence, which we would then climb under and get into the stadium parking lot. Oh, I, yeah. I lived there. It was my home away from home. So to see yeah. everything that's going on and then to lose Sal Bando and Vita Blue within just a few months of Terrible. each other, it's just, yeah, I mean, our heroes are dying. So it's very, very sad at the same time. What great memories, right? I mean, uh, we're going to play, uh, coming up in a bit, an interview that Dick Cavett did with Vita Blue at the peak of oh, his I'm success. Sure. This is uh, this is right when he was winning a Cy Young Award and an MVP at the same time. Uh, that I don't think anybody's done that since, right? Where they've been the Cy Young Award winner and the MVP, maybe. I ha I don't I can't recall it, and I mean his his years were so good. I want to say Willie Hernandez, maybe for the Tigers in the eighties, might have done it. But that's it. Oh, they were good too, though in the yeah. mid '80s. The Tigers, that '84 Tigers team. Yeah, I always liked Detroit a little bit. They reminded me of the, of the A's, right? The, the sure. fans demanded that kind of character, you know. Yeah. And 
Tiger Stadium was such a phenomenal place with the Sharks. We'd go watch games there, and nobody would be there. And I'd walk around, and I'd go, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. I mean, Tiger Stadium had every Reggie Jackson's home run in the All-Star Vita Blue starting that, that same All-Star game. And Vita game. started that, yeah. I mean, and was throwing heat. Such a, a, a parlance between those. Doc two. Ellis on acid or whatever was oh, he yeah. was doing. Remember when Doc pitched for the A's? It was great. Yeah, it, it was. He oh, was. Yeah. He wasn't quite as high as he was when he pitched for Pittsburgh. I watched him win two games in Oakland. I remember when he won. We were all laughing and yeah, well, yeah. Finley man. Yep. He wasn't afraid to find veteran guys to add in there to help the young guys. Very smart. Do you agree with me that there's a movie there? That somebody should be making a movie about Charlie Finley and about that team. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, he was a, an old timer who mastered the system. He mastered baseball, and then the rules changed on him. And then when he left, he left a playoff team to the Levi's family when they came in. He hired Billy and he left a, a, a playoff team. You know, right. and the old man, Al Davis, doesn't get credit for it. And he drove us all crazy there, the final. 15 years, but his final two years, that team was 8-8, eight and eight, and they yep. had devastating injuries. Had they not had injuries, the Raiders could have played for an AFC championship in at least one of those two final years. They were a good team. They so, just had bad injuries. So, so Al still had it. Worked. Al still had it at the end, and it sounds like Charlie did too. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, they won those championships. That's one thing when you're in sports. You never take away championships, and they're the best memories you have in sports. Well, maybe the Golden Knights can give us one. 5-1. They're That'd still be awesome. still ahead there. And we'll play that uh, Dick Cabot interview coming up. And uh, invites there if you'll take it, if you'd like to come back on and keep us up to date throughout the playoffs. Absolutely. We'd love that. Absolutely. All right. Mr. Hockey, uh, we appreciate every moment with you. That's Chris Collins. <laughs> I could I could do hours with this guy. I tell you, I just love I love having him on. We're going to take a break. And yeah, when we come back, Vintage Vita Blue. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to DISH and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a 100 $65 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee, save yourself some money, and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800 800- 586 4206 That's 800-586-4206. Hi there, this is Kirby Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex Partnership. Roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close. And with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. KirbyForYou.com. 
That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby for you, dot com, or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Yeah, pretty sad weekend. Uh, one of my heroes growing up, and I think, I'm, in fact, I know I'm not alone. This guy was on the cover of Time Magazine. He was on the cover of Newsweek, Sports Illustrated, American League Cy Young Award winner, MVP, went over and had uh, a career in the National League as well, three-time World Series champion, uh, right back-to-back, 72, 73, and 74 for the Oakland A's, talking about Vita Blue. And uh, we go back in time to a conversation between Vita and Dick Cavett on the Dick Cavett Show. And this was sort of at the peak of Vitamania, if you will. Some great answers to some great questions. Vita Blue and Dick Cavett. This is a cover of Time Magazine. I think the one that you may not have gotten yet. Well, maybe. Yeah, this is. But that's Vita Blue, uh, an artist's conception of him. But uh, there are two magic words in baseball today. And um, they, they fill a ballpark. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since you saw ads in a paper with letters this high saying so-and-so is pitching today. But they're doing that now with, with Vita Blue. He's the amazingly successful 22-year-old pitcher uh, of the Oakland A's. And it is true. Uh, the best batters in the league have said, one of them at the end of a game said, we didn't actually see the ball, but we heard it real good. Uh, and... <laughs> It's called a blue day when he pitches and uh, fills the park. And uh, we, we, we have a blue night tonight because uh, he's here. Will you welcome, please, the remarkable Vita Blue. feel? Be careful of your arm. Uh, well, I feel okay. You know, the first thing I noticed is that you have what looks like a scar on, on your arm, but that isn't your pitching arm, is it? No, that's from uh, Holy... playing football. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you, how did you get that one? Uh, I'm nervous, too. Uh, one right. night I was play, uh, in a fo- high school football game. Yeah. It was uh, raining and muddy and slippery, and so this big guy decided to step on my arm. Fortunately, it wasn't this one. Is that arm slightly damaged from that? No, just a bruise, just a cut. Yeah. And why are you nervous? Facing me. (laughs) I don't know. I can understand it. I'd be terrified to come out here and sit next to me. (laughs) No, wait, hold it. I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) You've really, you're really going through what could be a traumatic time in your life. I, I can never get over the fact that a baseball player can be younger than I am. I always thought the difference between me and pro baseball players was that they were older, and when I got older, maybe I would be. And then suddenly I went past them, and I never was. And now you're, you're 22. But why should I surprise you with this news that you're 22? That's right. I celebrated my birthday. What is? I celebrated my birthday. I know I'm 22. Oh, you were there? Yeah. yeah okay. 
What about the bubble gum? Let's get that out of the way right away. You've done wonders for bubble gum. Does it actually calm you? Uh, there are pictures in today's paper. You would... Well, it, it helps to relax me when you have uh, 40, 50,000 people yelling, yeah. uh, Vita, get him out of there, get a home run, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. It helps to uh, relieve some of the tension that's uh, going on. And, uh, to me, baseball is... Uh, maybe 40% mental and yeah. you have to be a not a college professor to play baseball but it takes a lot of thinking but you do hear that stuff coming from the stands get yeah, him out of there kill the bomb get him out of there I hear it all the time friendliness yeah have you thought of putting the bubble gum in your ears and then <laughs> I mean that would really solve the problem uh, has it had any effect on your pitching, though? I mean, yesterday at Yankee Stadium, it was incredibly noisy. Everybody said it was noisier than they remember a game. Uh, for one ending, I really uh, wanted to go see a psychiatrist. I almost cracked up. But uh, it, did, it does get to you. Yes, it does. Yeah. And was that when they came out and talked to you on the mound? And that was when they came out and talked to him on the mound. Yeah. <laughs> Would it be a good idea for one of those guys to be a psychiatrist? Maybe that's what you need, or, or a minister or something, instead of just uh, other baseball players. No, not really. It's, uh, it's just the fact that the fans uh, really think the baseball players are supposed to dedicate themselves uh, off the field. And I try to do that, but uh, it gets to the point of where I can't sleep or I can't go and eat anywhere in peace. And, uh, yeah. Especially with the car that I have in the license plates and if I go to uh, a local hamburger stand and if I'm the only black guy in a hamburger place, well, naturally I, I have to be vital blue because they see the car out there. And oh, it's got your name on the license plate. Right. Yeah. Well, you could change that to um, Ringo Starr or something like that. <laughs> nobody would bother you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get that car and that license plate? Uh, it was a well, it wasn't donated. It was a gift from our yeah. owner, Mr. Charles Finley, who owns the uh, Oakland A's. And, uh, well, he decided to, I guess, show a little class and get the license plates with V Blue on there. It's real nice. Except if you want to go anywhere or do anything yes. in it. That's right. Yeah. He's the one who thought it would be a good idea for you to change your name to True Blue. Is that... Is that... Uh, you, you think they laugh, but... Did, well, not you... really change my name, but just to... Add a little something to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, he thought it would be nice to uh, help promote baseball, and uh, yeah. I mean, I, it probably would have, but my name is screwed up enough as it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, one report I read of that said that you were not really enthusiastic at all about the idea of changing your name. In fact, you said if it's such a red-hot idea, why doesn't he change his name to True Finley? Um, <laughs> But but you're friends now, are you? Yeah, yeah we've always been friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a real close-knit relationship. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about um, one thing that I know you're tired of being asked about. So maybe we, I don't need to ask you about it, or I'm I could get gonna, it out of the I'm way real fast. Win 30 games. That's not it. It's oh, the other thing you're good. tired of. <laughs> All right, come on. The 30 games thing is a, is a people they bug you with, don't they? People say, uh, yeah. You go for 30. Before the All-Star game, people had me uh, winning... 45 games and 50 baseball games, which was ridiculous, you know, yeah. because uh, a person's body can only take so much, and 
it has gotten to the stage of season where uh, my arm still feels good after the game, but it takes uh, maybe three, maybe four days now to really uh, for it to, you know, get back normal. And today, it's I'm real stiff and. Are you? I could hit yeah. you real hard, but it's I'm, my arm's still. Oh. That's more information than I wanted. <laughs> where does it hurt? Uh, just in the shoulders. It's just yeah. stiffness, just natural stiffness. Even though it didn't hurt it any during the game. No. In the uh, first part of the season, I could go out and pitch maybe 10 innings and come back the next day, it would just have a little uh, stiffness. Not soreness, just uh, natural stiffness, and I could still throw a little bit. Do you, are you just obsessed with your arm? I mean, is it like a violinist worrying about his Stradivarius or something? And you think, what if something happened to it? Do, do you dream, have dreams in which you look down and your arm is only eight inches long or anything? No, Any but, weird uh, things like that? I, uh, I think about the time when there's going to be a day when I won't be able to throw a chunk anymore, as they say. Yeah. And, uh, well, what do they say? I want to say it. Chuck? Chunk. Oh, Chunk. Of yeah. course, I knew that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm from, you, you the do I'm from the South, man. You can't get that slain the way I do it. Oh, yeah? Chunk. Say Chunk. Do I look like someone who's never eaten chitterlings? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, chunk, right. Chunk. Well, no, now I, uh, I'm thinking about the days when uh, I may be a 31-year-old pitcher, uh, 28-year-old pitcher, uh, you know, yeah. in a, an old know, geezer. Well, older man, yeah. Yeah. Older young man. Yeah. And uh, I just hope that I can uh, conserve some of that now by uh, not throwing so many what we call fastballs. Mm -hmm. Are you a baseball fan? A baseball fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a baseball? It's this thing they play on a square field, isn't it? With the... <laughs> sure. You know, I, as a kid, I wanted to be a bat boy. And I... Uh... <laughs> I was a hockey team. Or a bat, anything I wanted to do. No, I really did. I used to sneak under the... Uh, the old Lincoln Athletics, Nebraska. Is that right? Yeah. I used to sneak under the fence. <laughs> what? Nothing. Really? Don't, don't can't do you tell that. when you're in the presence don't of another speak. athlete? <laughs> don't laugh at these things. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. That's 800-557-7921. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing, be it a buyer's market, 
a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex Partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. Kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Hey, listeners, get ready to be excited about traveling again. This is Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. You owe it to yourself to check out my all-new travel show called Unscaled each and every Saturday at 2 p.m. right here on KSHP AM 1400 and the all-new 107.1 FM North Las Vegas. With each show, I'm going to be your guide to the latest travel and entertainment news in Las Vegas, across the country, and around the world. Discover new destinations, forgotten favorites, and exciting travel stories by joining me, the Full Metal Traveler, each Saturday at 2 p.m. on Unscaled right here on KSHP AM 1400 and the all-new 107.1 FM North Las Vegas. Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. Continuing to remember the great Vita Blue, who we uh, said goodbye to this weekend. You know, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a cool thing is that he was able to actually participate in a reunion of the 1973 Oakland A's World Series team uh, just a few weeks ago. In frail health, uh, he was in a wheelchair and then had to use a cane when he was out on the field, but he was there. Even did some interviews, so uh, he did have an opportunity to spend that one last uh, uh, weekend with the people that he won with back in his baseball days, and that's where we are tonight, going back in those baseball days, Dick Cabot visiting with Vita. Uh, I'm, I'm talking with Vita Blue. No, the thing I was going to ask you that I read in three interviews that everybody asked you about are the mysterious uh, objects that you carry in your back pocket, I think it is, during the game. You have a couple of... Times, yeah, and everybody's going busily trying to figure out what those, what those uh, represent. Has, you don't have to tell us, but has anyone hit upon it? Has anyone figured it out? Well, uh, I think one of the reporters here uh, decided that he would say uh, the twenty dimes. I mean, the uh, two dimes represent uh, 20, twenty games, right? Yeah. So, in a way, that's what they were for. And I haven't added a third one, shooting for thirty, but. Uh, I still use the two dimes every time I pitch. Yeah. I understand you're a great fan of the flute uh, as, a, as a musical instrument. Uh, what did I hear about? Oh, your roommate plays uh, the flute. Tommy? Yeah. I'm not a great fan. I'm just a, a person who's suffering under those conditions. Uh, <laughs> he's really not that good, but... Uh, Does he know this? Well, he does now. Yes, I yeah. hope so. He yeah. makes a sound. It makes a noise, that's all. The fact that you slam the door and leave when he plays doesn't bother him, I guess. No, but the slamming of the door and his playing really combined together makes a good sound. <laughs> so a new kind of harmony. Uh, can you spit on the ball in baseball today? What if they catch you spitting on the ball? Uh, 
Well, I've never done that, but I'm sure one of the nice men in blue would promptly, uh, if there's a run on base, yeah. the base runner would advance, or if there isn't... Uh, they would. They get to go... I never knew that. Yeah. They advance the runners? Free pass, yes. If, if, they, if the guy spits on the wall? Uh, I think that's on the mound. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think you can really put anything else on the ball besides your hand. Well, anything artificial. And, uh, can you, you spit can. on the batter? <laughs> See, I'm trying to get you to know that I know baseball. And, no, you can't. Yeah, it was a silly question, silly and I, question. I take it back. Um, you're, you're, you're so hot now. You know, as they say, like in show business, when an actor is very hot, you're on the cover of the magazines and you're everywhere. And, uh, do you wish some of that would go away so you could just get out there and, and concentrate on the game? Do you feel it, that being in the spotlight? Uh, yeah, well, now I feel as though I'm just surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. Anywhere I go, uh, anytime I go there, there's always going to be someone that recognizes me. And uh, even sometimes if I walk the streets, uh, little kids recognize me mostly. And, and I try to be nice to them, especially. And uh, they say, can I have uh, an autograph? And if I go to writing, there comes the little old lady who doesn't even know me, but I have a grandson. <laughs> Sign this too. Yeah. And there we go. We have a crowd full of people. I mean, a yeah. big audience there already. And I'm writing and writing and writing. Yeah. Have you limited yourself to not just not doing certain things just so you don't get, I don't know what I want to say, carried away by it all? And your phone ring all the time and well, girls throwing themselves at your feet. <laughs> uh, no, I, every hotel that we check into, uh, I immediately have my phone closed and yeah. uh, I'll accept long distance calls only. Long distance calls? Right. Well, I guess if anyone thinks I'm worth a yeah. long distance call. You're, you're going to get a few now having said that. Uh -uh. <laughs> you may have to think about that. What about the man in blue? Just don't call Colette. No Colette. What about the, the man in blue? Do you get along with... Uh, have you ever really been robbed on a... I suppose everybody has on a pitch by the umpire? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, after all, uh, I'm human. Umpires are human. Uh, they're just calling the play the way they see it. And uh, I make mistakes. I'm sure they're going to make some. And, uh, I think the umpire, the umpires, and well, in the majors are real nice, and mm -hmm. uh, I very seldom talk to any of them. I may speak, but uh, you don't speak to them. I speak sometimes. Oh, I, yeah. I, Would you know them if you saw them? I mean, if two guys, if two umpires walk by, or do you always see them in there? Some of them I can recognize yeah. out of uniform, but I, I try not to get too common with them, and I, mm -hmm. I try to treat them the way they treat me. That's yeah. Would you, if you were to look at in the audience, for example, would you know if, if that man, does that man look like an umpire, for example, or, or any of those? Uh, hold come, it. Come, Wait. You're kidding. You have two right here. Really? That's, I thought they were police. Uh... Let, let's go down there. Wait a minute. Have you ever actually ever touched an umpire? No, not really. <laughs> Your names, tell us your names and see if they ring a bell. Earl Anthony, but I do. Really? Are you for real? 
You didn't recognize them without their glasses, probably. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just thought it would be nice to see you actually meet and, and touch. Yeah, well, yeah. That's them. Can you see us okay at there? Let's go back. <laughs> we, 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 we must take a message right now uh, from our local stations. That was our little surprise for you, but we have another one. Uh, we'll be back after this. Economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-557-7921. That's 800-557-7921. Hey there, it's Wayne Coy. If you're a real estate investor or you're looking to buy an investment property, well, you need to contact Michael Goyaneci at Option Funding. They're well-trained staff can assist you through the financing process and get you the funds that you need. They've got the programs to suit all investors. Now that includes standard commercial financing, no income DSCR loans, and hard money too. You can refinance any existing properties for cash out, or if you're looking to purchase an investment property, they can get it done for you as well. With rental income on the rise, this is a good time to invest in a rental property. And there are investment opportunities with positive cash flows right here in Nevada and other surrounding states too. They handle single-family residences, four units, apartment complexes, and of course, commercial buildings. So give Michael a call at 818-821-7811. That's 818-821-7811 or email mikegloans at gmail.com. NMLS 163400, DRE 01342072. NMLS 1444037, DRE 01921141. Hi, I'm Sheldon, the owner of Solid Motor Cars. I've spent over 30 years in the retail car business. It is all about the vehicles, but more than that, it's about the people. And my team and I are proud to bring to you what we believe is the finest experience in buying a pre-owned car. With great credit, we can get super low interest rates. But if you've had some challenges, we're experts in that field, and we can get almost anybody approved. Come down to Solid Motor Cars and take a look at our vehicles. They come with a six-month, 6,000-mile warranty. So when you get a vehicle from Solid Motor Cars, you can feel confident that that vehicle is a quality, properly reconditioned vehicle that will serve you and your family for years to come. So for all your automotive needs, whether it's a new car, truck, or SUV, or if it's repairs, service, and maintenance, solid wheels, solid deals, solid people. Coming down to meet the crew, my name's Sheldon. I'm the owner here. I'd love to help you any way that I can. 3024 East Fremont Street, 702-820-1444. 
Are you worried about your taxes? Okay, so I'm talking to those of you out there that have not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried, and here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown, and they're hiring more enforcers, and they're going to come after people that owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker, and maybe you just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals right now at the tax helpline. They are experts at knowing the tax regulations and their goal is to help you pay as little as possible. Call right now and get a 100% free tax evaluation. Remember, before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on our door. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, make this free call right now. Call taxes 321 now at 800-203-3517. 800-203-3517. Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal weapon. Press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-431-9102. 800-431-9102. That's 800-431-9102. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Hey, next hour, we're going to be talking comedy. A couple of really hot Las Vegas-based comedians. You're going to want to hear their whole story, how they're able to cope in this wonderful city of ours. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, 
a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex Partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. Kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Buckle up. Let's go for a ride. It's the Wayne Coy Show. Just stepped into one of those one-word clubs on the Vegas Strip. Uh, you have. It's, it's time for another edition of uh, of the Wayne Coy Show. Getting down and dirty with comedians. I don't know how dirty we're going to get, but we're going to get down. As uh, Spiro is here, uh, Mike Krasner is here, and what they both have in common is that they are both road comedians. Yet at the same time, they are Las Vegas home comedians. They make Vegas their home, and that in of itself can be a challenge. So, first of all, welcome to the show, you guys. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having us. This is great. I'm excited to be here. Now, Mike's uh, mobile. He's uh, he's headed where? Where are you going, Mike? Yeah, I'm good now. I just got to my destination, so I'm okay now. Okay. And you were coming back from Laughlin, though, right? <laughs> uh, one, one more time. That's okay. I said <laughs> you're, you're coming back from Laughlin. Yes, yes. I've made it alive. I'm back, back in Las Vegas. Sure. All right. Well, can you guys speak to that uh, in terms of what it's like to be uh, traveling like Mike is here or stationary like Spiro is here? But either way, you guys are both based in Vegas. How is it uh, in terms of getting enough work to live and keep the lights on? It, um, it takes a lot of work in the beginning. I mean, there's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of opportunity. But, I mean, there's a lot of really good comics out here as well. So, I mean, a lot of clubs have rotations. A lot of clubs have certain people. So, I mean, you got to scratch and call your way a little bit. You got to get some recommendations. You got to just keep keep getting better, keep getting funnier, and hopefully people take notice. Spiro, how long have you been here? In Vegas? Ooh, 16 years? 15 you're, years? You're a local. Yeah, I mean, I'm a local. How, how have you seen uh, local comedy scene change? I mean, it's just, we're so young. We're so young compared to other cities. We have, and we have, especially before the pandemic, but then during and after the pandemic, we had a lot of other comics from other scenes come to our scene. So then you hear their opinions on things and you see how they handle things. And you just realize that we're still such a baby scene compared to like other places, which has its advantages and has its disadvantages, of course. But, um, I think that's one thing that people, 
really don't know about Vegas is the local scene is just, we're probably what, maybe 15 years, maybe 10 years. So that's a baby compared to those other markets. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's different. It's, there's a lot of different with us for sure. How's that affected the competitive part of it? Um, Are there more and more comics like yourself showing up in town ready to go, okay, I'm diving in and I want to be a part of this scene here. Or do you find that uh, because it's maybe because it's new or because there are quite a few of you that they're staying away and going to other cities? How does it compare? Um, It's it's got its weird dynamic to it. So we do have a lot of like headliners that come here and they hub here because obviously it's a little bit cheaper from California or from some other places they're at. It's a good place to just travel, you know, travel anywhere because everywhere goes to Vegas, everywhere leaves from Vegas. So um, as far as the competition, I don't know, Mike, maybe I might be out of the loop, but I don't see a weird competitiveness to it. It's almost like we get these new people come in and it's just opens up new like relationships and new areas that we could go to and perform in. Um, you know, we, we obviously would love all the stage time in the world, but it's good to have a good variety of people from different towns and experiences and we get to absorb all that in. So I really don't see it too competitive, but I might be wrong. Mike, what about you? I mean, there was a lot of, uh, during the pandemic and post pandemic, a lot of headliners and comedians started moving to Las Vegas, just like Spiro said for cheap and it's easier to get around. But, I mean, that's going to happen anywhere. People are going to move in. And there have been times where they would get stage time that we, other comics, and then they were seen or whatever might not have happened. It's not really a necessary level of competition because it's friendly competition. You see some guy growing to town, and he's getting on all the stages. You know, it makes you push yourself that much harder to try to get back to his level, you know, get on that stage and stuff so it's competition but it's it's not bad it's not i mean i don't even know if i would necessarily call it competition in its traditional sense it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of fish in this sea but there's also a lot of a lot of places that you can um you know make work out of it too so if you do everything right you know everybody can eat do you find yourself though i mean i know like in la it's very common for for you guys to go from one club to another club to another club. And uh, <laughs> Debbie Gutierrez was telling us last week where she had a comedy buddy that would go with her, keep the car running outside. And then they would basically switch places. Like she'd go on stage and she'd run out, get in the car. He'd go in, he'd go on stage. And then they go do that at another club. And that's just crazy to me. I just, I can't fathom that, that much uh, activity great. just to be able yeah. to work, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't think, in we Vegas, don't really have that. It's, yeah. it's that it's that crazy because you could do multiple yeah. shows here in Vegas, but LA has like club next to club next to bar that does comedy this and that. So mm-hmm. you can probably do it within a vicinity. Vegas has casinos with parking garages and structures and traffic, so you could do stuff like that. Multiple shows in a night, but you'd have to catch like. Maybe a six o'clock, an eight o'clock, a ten, a seven, a nine, and a twelve. You'd have to space it out and kind of. I mean, there are times you can do an eight, get off on stage, and then make it to a nine if the proximity is close enough. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's no like, me and Spiro wouldn't be waiting in a getaway car, waiting, switching spots. No, 
it's, but it does get pretty uh i don't know i was thinking it sounded yeah. like a like a job opportunity for me i maybe throw my hat in the ring to be that guy you know driving you from club to club so how long are you typically on stage where are you at in your in terms of how much are you asked to do versus how much you can do I mean, I'm in that state. Go, yeah, no, go ahead, Mike. You interrupting car driver, you. I'm, I'm stopped. I got no hands on the wheel. See, look so at that. horrifying. What are you it doing? Um, we're, I'm, I'm in that stage where I do anywhere from like 10 to 30, like a, a night, depending on what, what the venue is, what I'm asked to do. So, uh, each night I'm just prepared to do anywhere between one of those two numbers. So, and I'm comfortable doing it. I have a lot of fun doing it. I'm still growing, still, uh, working hard to make it tighter and everything like that. But that's, that's probably my range right now. Do you know going in, okay, this club means in this particular set based on who's on the bill, I'm, I already know I'm doing 15 or do you find out when you get there? You, you usually have an idea of like, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm featuring. I'm probably going to do anywhere from like 15 to 20 or 15 to 25, depending on which club. And then you go in there expecting to do it. And then sometimes, obviously, some things change or you have to do more. You have to do less based off the lineup or the show starting on time or, or somebody goes you know, late. Someone goes long. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you got to be flexible, but it's usually you usually have a pretty good idea. And then we've we've been doing it for so long and we do it so much that we kind of we're good at uh, being on the fly, especially working with Butch. He. You know, you never know what kind of time you're going to do with Butch. He'll give you more. He'll give you less. He'll bump you off the show in a friendly way. You know, <laughs> in, in a very that's kind right. and that's loving right, Butch. Way. I'm still bringing it up, Butch. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's <laughs> he 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 gives us that flexibility all the time. So it it really helps us whenever, or at least helps me whenever I go anywhere else and I need to make adjustments because I'm used yeah. to it by now. Mike, are you in that same range at uh, 15 to 30 minutes? It varies. I mean, also what Spirit was saying, like every show is different. Like there are times when you'll host a show, feature a show, headline a show. So I've done shows where I've done 45 to an hour. I've done shows where I host it and I'm doing seven. Yeah. So just like, just like Spiro said, you gotta be prepared for whatever. But when you get booked on a show, they'll tell you what the times are. They're back. Like, right, you're featuring it's 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Every club has a different time. Like some clubs you feature and it's 20 minutes. Some clubs you feature and it's 30 minutes. Some clubs you host and it's seven. Some clubs you host and it's 15. Wow. Headlining 30 an hour. So it really all depends. Yeah. So and you've, got, done, you've got to adjust your act accordingly, right? I mean, you, you have 25, 30 minutes worth of material and all of a sudden they tell you you're doing 12 and you have to figure out, okay, who am I losing? Which one of my babies doesn't make the trip this time? Yeah, you got to figure out what to cut. And there are times when you just go, when you're on stage and you're following your, your game plan, hmm. somebody will yell something out or do something that will derail the joke. And then you just have to abandon the joke and then go maybe do some crowd work or switch to another joke that's similar where you can make it sound organic. So... A lot of times you do have to cause an audible and then, uh, you know, it throws your timing off because, you know, if you're doing all your jokes, you know where 12 minute is, you know where 15 minutes is. But then when you start veering off, that's when uh, you lose yourself a little bit. And you just got to get on yeah. track or wait for the light or keep creating moments. I mean, 
it's just like football. You have a play, but sometimes the play gets blown up, you know? Yep. Unless you're Derek Carr and you're playing for Josh McDaniels, then you just leave. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So, hey, Mike, well, how long how long have you been here? I'm pretty much with Spiro. I've been uh, I've been in Vegas 15 years was February. Wow. February turned 15 years. Congratulations wow. to both of you. I mean, that's a that's, that's a long time to be in a scene. Are you, at that place? are you at, are you at that place in your lives where you don't have to have a day job and you can just strictly focus on on comedy? And this economy. Yeah, what, are you, what are you talking about? Man? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, I've been doing a lot better lately. I do it. Um, I bartend on Monday and Tuesdays at okay. the, the comedy club. And then Wednesday through Sunday, I, I, I perform. So I do about six shows a week. So if I took away my bartending shifts, yeah, I could manage, but they, they help. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, John Caparulo was telling us he was actually security at the, the club in L.A. And then he would go upstairs and perform and then come back down and sweep the floors. And the audience he just performed for would be like walking through the place he was cleaning up. That's yeah, crazy. Done, I used to do that a couple of years ago at the comedy club. I was a seater and I would be doing sound and stuff like that. And there were times where I would seat everybody, take them to their seats. And then, like, another comic, the host didn't show up or something happened, and I had to go up and host. So all the people that I just seated, yeah, I, I have to go tell jokes for. But it kind of worked out because I'm the kind of guy who, like, when I'm seating people, I'm, like, making jokes with them. I'm trying to feel the crowd out, see what kind they are. So when I went up there and hosted, I kind of already knew what I was dealing with crowd-wise because I had one-on-one -on -one interactions with all of them. Right. So sometimes it worked to my benefit. I could make a joke about like, oh, I'm also seating and I'm cleaning up after. So take your cups with you or whatever and get like a couple of laughs before I even start going. So it lightens the mood. So, yeah, yeah. we've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah. Unless yeah. you stuck them in a crappy seat and then they're not happy with you. Right. You got yeah. to live up yeah. to that. Uh, what about you, Spiro? Have you, do you, have you, are you able to just do comedy or do you have to do something else? To keep the lights on. So I, I currently am doing other stuff to keep the lights on. Uh, had some crazy years that uh, struck the financial situation pretty hard. So uh, I'm working again. But what's nice is I get to um, I'm working over at the Strat and they know I do comedy. So it's literally I work during the day there and then I go right over to the comedy club at night and yeah. perform. So, yeah, I literally the same thing. Like people will scream at me about their hotel rooms and then. They'll come and try to laugh at my jokes. Hey, wait a minute. You're the guy that stuck me over there near the construction. I'm not happy that's, with you. That's right. You're the uh, guy that wouldn't validate my parking. Why am I going to yeah. laugh at you? Yeah, by the way, they're, they're, char they're charging now to park over there. Even oh, yeah. Balls, oh, man. Oof, not my decision. Tough. Times are tough at the Strat. So oh, yeah. uh, do you have a favorite kind of room that you like to work? I mean, uh, I'm guessing it's mostly clubs, right? I mean, how how often are you doing uh, theaters or colleges or anything like that at this point? Um, it may, it's mainly clubs. I've done a couple like, uh, theaters and like, I guess like mini arenas with uh, a few headliners that have brought me on the road. So I've gotten to experience that, which is a lot of fun clubs. You know, they're always fun depending on the club that you're in. Some clubs are a little more difficult than others, but, uh, even like a good, like 
bar show at like a dive bar where there's like a couple people paying attention and it's just a place where you get to like say whatever you want and work on some like just really raw premises to try to work them out that's also a lot of fun so uh i try to find the good with wherever i go but there are some that are a little more difficult than others for sure but a background for me is that i started down your path and then got really tired of not making any money or barely making any at all and after uh, after a while, you realize that, you know, you got to pay your rent and you got to, you know, if you have a girlfriend, you got to be able to afford to take her out to dinner or whatever. So I chose radio 40 years ago, but I was on that parallel path where I was doing stand up, you know, in the Bay Area. And I was going to school to learn the radio thing. And I chose radio because, well, because you got to check every every week, you know, right. which is nice. And there were a lot of nights where I was not going on till one or two in the morning and be just two drunk people left in the club. And although that did give me the ability to say that I was on the same bill as Robin Williams, never mind that oh. he was on at nine o'clock at night and I didn't yeah. go on until two 30 in the morning. Didn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't it's matter. A, it's a credit, right? So where are you from, Mike? Where's your, what's your background? I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And then 2008, I went from one side of the country to the other side of the country. So that's been it for you, Long Island, Vegas. That's the extent of your uh, where you've lived in your life. Yeah, I've only lived in two places. I mean, I visited a bunch. I've traveled for comedy and stuff, but as far as living, just New York, Las Vegas. Now, would you say you have a New Yorker's take in terms of your material, or are you more of a Vegas guy at this point? I don't really think I'm. I mean, the way I talk, I'm a little aggressive sometimes. Um, I speak fast. I say my, have my little New York accent words and stuff. So I'm New York and like that way, but I don't do like New York material and stuff like that. I'm not like, you know, all that, but I mean, I, and I don't even know what like a Vegas person is. Cause there's so not transient, like a, right. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, from everywhere. Yeah. They're so all over the place and just kind of live here that I'm just all over. I, I just try to be like, as relatable as I can, whether there's a 20 year old or an 80 year old in the crowd, I, they can relate to what I'm saying to some level. I like to take observational stuff, stuff that happens in my personal life, stupid shit with right now, and just all the idiosyncrasies. Just so I'm kind of all over the place. So I'm not like New York, Andrew Dice Clay all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. but you know i got like a little bit of a new york swag to me yeah hey sometimes the 80 year old and the 20 year old are together right hey and, uh, yeah. all the time <laughs> especially all in vegas time. there's sugar all babies the everywhere yeah sugar babies uh, what about you spiro where's home for you uh i'm originally from chicago ooh, ooh. now that's a scene right there yeah. chicago they got a big comedy scene they have a massive scene. I actually didn't start comedy out there. Um, and I lived in LA for a couple of years. I played hockey. I did improv out in LA and then I moved out here and I started stand up, uh, not right away, but a few years after I moved here. So I've had never, had before. never done it before. So you started here, started here, wow. started here. Yeah. Okay. And did you have somebody who sort of took you under their wing and helped you out or do you have to figure it all out on your own? Um, well, in the early, yeah, I mean, in the early days, I've known Mike, we did improv together like 15 years ago. So I couldn't tell. <laughs> I know. 
and I saw him, um, he would always do stand up. Like we would always have like a, like at the beginning of the shows, he would do like time or like an intermission. You would do time, like he would do time. And then we'd have like a rotating thing where if you wanted to try it, like you could try it. Um, and I tried it a couple times and I just, I don't know, wasn't my jammy jam, uh, right away. It was, I like just kind of not being on script and not having to like have things written down and memorized. And it was too, uh, yeah, it was too stressful for me. I was like, Oh, I got to remember these things. I don't like that. So, you know, I stuck with improv and then I was just like, I want to try stand up again. I was a little bit older, a little more mature. So I was like, I'm going to try it. But you know, Mike was, Mike was doing it the whole time. I got to, you know, hang out with him again, uh, in the comedy world. And then I just got to meet a bunch of cool people really fast, including Butch, which was one of the first people I met when I started doing comedy. So, uh, you know, I've been very lucky just having some really good friends, um, at the beginning. Well, he speaks highly of the two of you. When I said, Hey, I'd like to talk to a couple of local comedians that are Vegas based. You were the first two that he, whose names he gave me, which means your checks apparently are clearing. So that's good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Mike, you're coming back from a, a, a weekend gig. Do you enjoy those? Do you like leaving for the weekend if, uh, if it isn't too far away? Oh my, oh my God. Nah, I love it. I, I like going. I've been in Vegas for so long that like you get so complacent here. You just get like, the novel I'm, I'm not like oh vegas it's so like i recognize that it's pretty but overall it does shit so uh yeah. like i like going anywhere whether it be like a big major city or a small town like we went to laughlin this week i was there from wednesday to sunday um so i drove back this morning it took an hour and a half to get back it's a super easy straight drive no traffic i did get pulled over uh-oh. Um, cop was, cop was very nice. Let me go. Um, I guess the spray I had in my car deflected <laughs> him from what else I was doing. But, um, <laughs> it's legal. It's legal. yeah, but not when you're driving. Oh, so he let okay. me, he, he let me go. Um, it was a three minute stop. I, I just got back. Like I was on the second exit from my house when this stream started. So I just made it back. I left at 12. We did five shows. Um, it was a great week. The club just opened. Um, so there weren't like massive, massive crowds, but everybody who was there was like wanted to be there. They were good comedy crowds. It was a really, really nice place. So I loved just getting there. Who, who, did did uh, who did you share the bill with? Um, he's a headliner named Quinn Dale. Okay. Very. I, I mean, I really, I don't want to just be like, oh, very funny guy, because that's not enough. But Quinn is legit one of my, uh, he's one of my favorite comics to like watch. Like, I've seen so much comedy over the years. I used to work at the club. So when I was seating, I'd see the same dude five days in a row. I've seen more comedy than most people. Quinn, I like watching Quinn. Really? He's uh he's 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 one of the good ones. Okay. Note to Very self. True. Very yeah, true. So shout out to unofficial shout out to Quindale. There you go. That was actually official. So there you go. Spiro, do you like being on the road? Yeah. Yeah. It's just um you know, Vegas is so busy all the time. You know, it's a busy city. It's a busy city. There's people in and out, people in and out, vacation, tour it. Like, you know, there's so much going on in Vegas. 
and that translates into the comedy as well. Like when we perform for the audiences, like that's what it's like. It's very like we're it's it's intense. It's very busy. We're part of the itinerary. They got to be in. They got to be out. They got other things to do. So like it's nice to go on the road and just be like, oh, like this is like a normal place where people are just going about their week, and then they come to the show excited to see like a show. Like it's not sandwiched in between like eight other things that they're trying to do. So. Uh, like, like Mike said, you get almost complacent here because you're just so used to like the, the hustle and bustle that when you do get to leave, you get to kind of like truly like, Oh, like I do enjoy my comedy. I do enjoy this bit I'm working on. I would get to work this angle a little bit more that I wouldn't be able to in Vegas. So it's, um, it's, it's a fun experience for sure, because it's just such a big change from what we were used to performing, uh, to like and with here in Vegas. So I absolutely love it. It's like refreshing. I come back like those, super relaxed. When you're in those other towns, do you, do you get out and actually experience what they're all about or do you just stay in your room? I, I so at the beginning I would like, you know, I would just be like, I'm going to, this is my vacation. I'm just going to rest. And then I'm going to do comedy at night and I'm just going to rest. I'm going to take, but uh, I started going on the road with the comic Vicky Barbalock, who was on America's Got Talent. Very, very funny. And every time she's taken me on the road, she has like, she makes friends like of people that like that came to see her, all her fans. She'll like make friends with them and they'll like take us on like incredible, like local excursions and show us around the town and give us history and like take us to museums. And then it's just something where I'm like, wow, like you really get to see so many cool things and experience so many like wonderful, beautiful things if you just go and like open yourself up to it. So now I'm definitely like, wherever I go, I try to find whatever I can. I try to talk to the locals to see like, if there's something that they would recommend that you can't get anywhere else. And yeah, I've learned a lot about a lot of cool places. So helps your material too, doesn't it? I mean, if you're kind of know sort of the people that you're talking to, you, you pull into a city you've never been to before you go out and spend a, a day you know, in the restaurants and the bars and the shops and you're kind of like, okay, I got this. This is blue collar. These, or these people are white collar or they're country or, you know, or they're British and you don't, can't figure out why because you're in San Diego, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, no, definitely. No. It, it helps with that all the time. And I mean, sometimes you find out what they think is funny because you had a weird experience there. And then you start to learn from everybody that that doesn't normally happen like in their city. So then you can play off of that. So it's a lot of fun. Now yeah. there's a difference between going in doing a weekend, uh, you know, Thursday through Sunday with, you know, two shows a night weekends or whatever versus one nighters. Have you experienced that where you've had to drive like seven hours in between gigs, three straight, four straight days in a row? No, <laughs> I was, I was yeah. I was waiting I was waiting for my colleague Mike. I don't really do stuff like that. Um, I'll 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 do a couple of one nighters because I um I go around with um in Hollywood for the last eight years. So when he goes on the road, he takes a couple of his dudes with him, and we'll do like one nighters. But they're like easy. They're like in like um California. I like the improvs and stuff like that. Yeah. So you have like Ontario, Brea, Irvine, stuff. So they're like maybe three to, yep. about three to five hours away. We do the show and then we'll usually drive back at night. Um, since it's a one nighter, because there's no point in getting a room and waking up early. And Cali's kind of like an easy drive. If it's Arizona, 
most likely will get a room because that drive at night scares the shit. Horrifying. So, yeah, we don't really do like one-nighters where like we're in one city and then we drive seven hours to the next. That's never really been my thing. Usually it's set up a little bit more structured or it's a one-nighter because I have stuff back here in Vegas too. So it wouldn't be... It would be hard to Great. do. Yeah. yeah, it would be difficult to do all that and unnecessary to drive hours when you have shows already waiting for you at home. So Yeah, I think takes- that might that might be more of a Midwest or even Southern thing where I've talked to comics who literally are, you know, they're Travis City, Michigan one night, then they're in Beloit, Wisconsin the next night, yep. then they're in Duluth, there, Minnesota there, the next night. And just there are some comics who live their lives like that, who just yep. are road warriors. They're in a different hmm. city every night. I was, uh, I did a show last year in uh, Medford, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was featuring for some dude named Rio Hillman. And uh, that guy, he just, he's a road warrior. He's just in his car. He, he did that weekend gig. And then the next weekend, he'd do some bar and m- Milwaukee and then he was just every night every other night was just a different bar a different place like all over the place so, so some people have everyone's got like a different path some people I have would, residency I would think that, that would people, be that would be hard to do though that would, oh, would yeah. wear on a guy pretty quick I would think right? he was telling us his car had like 300,000 miles on it like that guy spent more time in his car than he has anywhere else in his life Sure. Jesus. But he's he's funny. He's a warrior. He's hustling. Like everyone's got their own path. He's just doing it the hard, hard, hard way. Sure. Yeah, real hard. All right. So what good uh, for him, man? What's left uh uh still for this year for you guys to achieve and then beyond this year? Do you have goals? Because I think the pandemic sort of gave everybody a chance to reset their clock. I know it did with me. I got out of the day-to-day of working for a company and I'm still doing radio. So thanks Mike for making me have to go edit this three times already, but um, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's not the same as working for the big corporation. You know, I get to make my own hours beyond, I get to choose when I'm on, I get to do these interviews whenever I feel like it. So there's a freedom to that. And yeah, I think great. a lot of people are relating to that because they, they took that time where we were grounded to sort of rethink some things. So what about the two of you? Where where are you now and where do you kind of want to be? Is it the same trajectory as you would have had pre, pre-COVID? So I'm, I'm in a weird transitionary period because my COVID and my, like, you know, my after the, like everything opened was a little chaotic. So I didn't get a chance to kind of take advantage like everybody else to try or like most people to try to reset and uh, or rethink things. Um, so I'm kind of in that period now where I'm trying to figure out, you know, what am I doing? What's my trajectory? Um, I'm, I'm trying to change all my material that I used to do because I, everything I have and did was before the past couple of years. So now I'm just totally different person. I just, I don't know. So I'm like in a complete tear down and rebuild mode. So I think by the end of the year, I just want to feel like comfortable again with everything. I want to feel like yeah. I've built up like another good, like 15 to 20 that I can, you know, use. And then I think for 2024 would be to heavily hit the road and really kind of, uh, get it fine tuned and make something special out of it. Right on. What about you, Mike? 
I mean, Spiro was just saying, like, you do evolve every couple of years as a person. So the last couple, even before COVID, I was way different comedian than I am now. Because, like, during COVID, we weren't doing comedy for so long that, like, a lot of us forgot our material. <laughs> You're so used to doing it over and over again every day that, like, you think it's always second nature. But then when we started doing shows again, we were like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. we didn't remember tags and segues so a lot of my material now that i have is all new post covid like that i had to write because i just couldn't go back and watch my old video youtube videos anymore so i'm just constantly just trying to evolve get better um write as much new material as i can but also take the existing material that i have and add to it and add Ah, more levels to it so sure. take a five minute bit, turn it into a ten minute bit if I can, or just kind of like your house. You have a house, but you're constantly doing annexes and construction on it. Just make your house bigger and better. Um, about a year ago, me and two other dudes started a podcast. So we've been hitting that. We've been trying to focus on that, and you know, trying to make that. So that's one of our goals this year is to get the podcast a little bit more. Uh, popular and watchable for people and sure try to hit do you like the that? road do you, as much do you as en- I can. Mike, do you enjoy podcasting? Do you like that part of it? This is the first time I've ever dabbled with it and I really do. It's something to look forward to every week. Um luckily for me, I don't do any of the editing or any of the behind the scenes thing. We have uh, the producer Sean Reddy, super funny comic. I take him on the road with me when I headline. Um, so he's a big part of the pod and we couldn't do it without him. So I think I enjoy it more just because I don't necessarily have to do the editing and he's really talented at that. So that's his wheelhouse. So for me to just show up and make content. Yeah, I do love that, but I feel bad for Sean when he's up till five in the morning editing stuff. And that's okay. Cause Sean gives it to his buddy, Brian Thomas, who's, you know, a video editor by, by trade, so oh, no. don't let him fool you. He's he's passing it over. Don't the secret, <laughs> the secret's out. Sean, uh, I don't, I don't no. think Brian's, I don't think Brian's doing his work. But we are, we are mutual friends, and Brian is the best video editor I know. He's really good. Nice. Uh, but yeah, well, I, maybe that's Sean can learn something from him. That's how I know of Sean because right. of Brian. So um, I've seen your podcast, Spiro. I, I guess it's your podcast, but. You were talking yeah. to a you were talking to a sex therapist last I saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wild, yeah. wild, wild. Uh, no, it's 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 my brother's uh, girlfriend, fiance. I don't know if they are. Um, but yeah, no, I just started one. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm so freaking busy that it's hard to uh, schedule and get on because I work in the casino industry. So I realize very quickly that uh, not everyone's schedules are even remotely close to mine. So trying to trying to get guests and everything like that's been a little bit of a struggle. So uh actually last night I, I messed around and I tried a new format. So I'm excited to try to see how the new format will go and will work and uh work in progress for sure. But it's we're in the infancy stage. Hey, you know, I told you I have 40 years of radio and you'd think that prepares you to be a podcaster, but to be honest with you, there's a whole learning curve there that I've had to kind of you know, reimmerse myself. I've been behind one of these for as long as I can remember, but it's just different. So I, yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning too. The nice thing about the podcast, Mike, is you can, you know, 
let fly whenever you feel like it. And, and, uh, obviously we're under the constrictions of the uh, FCC still, although it's pretty late at night. So I may just let your uh, S bombs go. I I don't know. (laughs) I haven't decided what I'm going to do. All right. So if somebody wants to find you and, and see you uh, perform, obviously you're in all the different clubs here in town, but, uh, is there a place online that's like Mike Krasner Central where we can just go boom and there we are? Um, I have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all comedian Mike Krasner. It's, it's all the same handle for everything. So you can just type me in there. I'm most, I do most of my work on Instagram. I'm not a tweeter. No one cares about what I have to tweet. Uh, TikTok, I'm not a young. 16 year old hot girl so i'm not really killing it on there like spiro is spiro's got a good tiktok thing going on he can he can dance but, uh, i mean that's half of it yeah you can hit me up on instagram or any one of those platforms i uh comedian mike krasner nice and, and simple that, same name that's one platform. s by the way i learned that the hard way there's one s so get it one on. s it sounds like a z there you go and what about you spiro <laughs> Uh, pretty much the same. I'm on everything, mainly, uh, Instagram and TikTok are the two that you could probably find me on the most, but I have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's all Spiro in that show. So it's my name, S P I R O. And then it's in that show. So that's how you find me. And, and is your calendar pretty well updated on there? Like we can find out where you're going to be on stage enough in advance so we can plan to come see you. Yep. I have everything posted. Uh, everything has a link to my website where I have everything that, uh, every show that I'm doing posted. And then Instagram is if there's any like last minute pop-ups that I'm doing for the day. Hey, next time I would really like to have you guys in studio. Cause I think there's a whole dynamic that uh, goes away when you're doing it this way, but I'm still happy that we had the chance to do this, but could you, I mean, I, I hope someday come on in and hang out for an hour or so. That'd be fun. Absolutely. I'll wear my Raider hat too. Okay, man. Raiders. All right. (laughs) Look at that. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate you both. There's Spiro and Mike Krasner, two funny people. You're going to see them on stage here in Las Vegas, and we do appreciate the time, guys. Have a great night. Thank Thank you you. so much. Appreciate it, Wayne. I I went to a bachelor party in Vegas, and the very next week, I took my wife and my two kids to Vegas. (laughs) Same city, two different galaxies, all right? Like... Married men, when you, when you take your wife and your kids to Vegas, we're like sad little mermaids. <laughs> After our wife and kids go to sleep, we look at all the people out there having fun. <laughs> I want to be where the people are. <laughs> I want to see, want to see them dancing. <laughs> They're taking shots and doing that. What's that drug again? Oh. The Wayne Coy Show. Do you need low-priced, quality health insurance for any reason right now? Then call MyHealthInsurance.com today. We specialize in helping American workers find affordable health insurance. You can save money on dental, vision, prescription drugs, too. Our message is simple. If you want affordable health insurance for you and your family, even if you have a medical condition, call right now. Is right now the best time for you to start looking for affordable health insurance? We have hundreds of plans to choose from. With one free phone call, you can learn about an affordable health insurance plan that fits your budget. 
Don't wait. It's a free call. Call now. 800-876-7061 That's 800-876-7061 MyHealthInsurance.com is owned and operated by IHC Specialty Benefits, a licensed insurance agency. We are not an insurance plan or provider. Not all plans are available in all areas. You may be contacted by an insurance agent. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to DISH and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. That's 800-586-4206. Paid for by NPS. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirbyforyou.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirbyforyou.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. The Farmer's Burger from Farmer Boys. Beef, bacon, cheese, hand-smashed avocado, and fresh veggies. Best burger champ. That's how we drop the mic. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. Farmer Boys' new always crispy fries stay crispier and tastier all the way home. If they make it home. Sharing is caring. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. I love the announcers. So glad the playoffs are here because it's just so much fun. People get into hockey and those announcers are crazy, man. They're in better shape than half the athletes. They don't breathe until somebody scores. 
They must have their own oxygen tanks. They just suck it up and go. It's like, Lambs, open a Lysiac, open up Buford, open a Lambs, over the blue line, over to Williams, and the court is digging here, and Malarchuk comes like, come back into the boards. The puck is loose, but that one's going to be Another hip check by Malarchuk. This time, my baby digs it back out. Johnson keeps it in the zone. Back up to the Lambs. Lysiac, Johnson, we must go. So true. Oh. Hockey night in Las Vegas. And we're watching what's happening in Edmonton, where right now the Golden Knights, I should say your Vegas Golden Knights, lead the Edmonton Oilers by a score of 5-1. to one. Just 5-1 to one like an hour ago, wasn't it? It's okay. I want to hear the other hockey song. Can we hear that again? The one we heard earlier? Yeah, the goofy one. I want to hear that one. That one, yeah. Hello out there, we're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Yes, it is. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. Yeah, yeah. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. <laughs> all right, 5-1, that's the score. If it changes, we will certainly let you know. Uh, this weekend, got out to the movies, had a chance to see that film. I wasn't sure I was going to come back when it was offered to me. I, I had to think about it. But the thing that made me come back was, of course, my cast who have supported me so much throughout all of this. But really, the thing was, I just needed to finish Rocket's story. I knew that he had a story that I had in mind from the beginning that was important to me, and I didn't want to leave the character hanging. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. Oh. So good. Guardians of the Galaxy. I enjoyed every single second of that. I didn't see the second one. I saw the first one. And I miss you. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been a while since we've seen the Guardians. You know this is an open line, right? What? We're listening to everything you're saying. And it is painful. The soundtrack is fantastic. Always genuinely just enjoyed them as a group. It was good. I liked it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl. Fell in love. Nobody does the soundtrack like the Guardians of the Galaxy series. I love the first one. And I wasn't so sure about this because I had heard already from the box officer that they kind of took the music of the... If you remember, it was very much... KTEL pop 70s and barely into the 80s in the first movie and I guess they have moved it forward a little bit but first song was Creep by Radiohead <laughs> I was like okay but what a what a flick I'm not going to give anything away it's it's out there at the theaters now go see it it was a great weekend for that movie at the box office it was not a good weekend for Glenn Kuyper announcer for the beloved Oakland A's. We had a phenomenal day today. Lurigan League Museum. Welcome back to Coppin Stadium. I just wanted to, a little bit earlier in the show, I said something didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to. Uh, and I just wanted to apologize if, if, it, uh, if it sounded different than I meant it to be said. And like I said, I just wanted to apologize for that. 
So uh, not to get political, because I'm not going to. I certainly do believe that that word has no place uh, anywhere, not just to mention in the media, but anywhere. Uh, at the same time, I know Glenn Kuyper, I know his character, and I know that he is he's not that guy. I think he literally tripped over his words, uh, combining two things. I think he was talking about the barbecue place that uh, he and Dallas Braden had gone to, and then the fact that they had gone to the Negro League Baseball Museum, and I think the two got convoluted. He's suspended indefinitely, and we will find out if he's able to uh, continue to be employed uh, by the A's and uh, continue to be their announcer, which he has been for a long, long time, over 20 years. So uh, Glenn Kuyper in in some uh, some trouble for sure in uh, Oakland. Those A's, they continue to be in the news, right? In fact, they were in the news again this weekend, not for the Vegas move, not for what Glenn said or didn't say, uh, but because we said goodbye to a guy that means so much to Oakland A's fans everywhere, especially those of a certain age. And let's go back through the miracles of electronics to 1971. Listen to this. Before the 71 baseball season started, the Oakland A's would have been delighted to settle with 15 victories from left-hander Vida Blue in this his first full Major League season. But with the season not half over, Blue had already won 15 before last night's game in Oakland. Reason enough for Haywood Hale Broom to pay Vida a visit. Vida Blue runs wherever he goes. The six-foot left-hander eats up the ground with the proud gait of one to whom, at a triumphant 21, the banana peels of life are only a matter of report. Old pitchers rely on pinpoint control, young ones on overpowering speed. But Vida, a terrifying combination of the skills of crabbed age and youth, puts them together so that he leads the league in strikeouts with 158. Has given only 52 walks in just over 157 innings. Back home in Mansfield, Louisiana, Mrs. Sally Blue and five of his brothers and sisters saw the glory through the telescope of box scores. But last night, A's owner Charles Finley flew the family to Oakland for its first view of Vida, firing away in something other than the worn flannels of Temple High School. Mrs. Blue has the glow which goes with my son, the pitcher. Uh, the boy who lived in the, uh, across the street from me used to catch behind him, and his hands would always swell up, and uh, he decided that he had to quit because he just couldn't stand it. He runs everywhere he goes. Did you teach him that? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't teach him to run everywhere he goes. Uh, that's something he picked up himself, I guess. After a short visit to the majors in 69, Blue made sure of a long lease by pitching a one-hitter and a no-hitter during his September lookover last year. His major league record is now 19-3. and The Kansas City Royals who faced him last night must have wondered what hard luck caused the three losses as they swung away with the desperation of men trying to fight gnats with a knife. The fans at Oakland Coliseum are as captious as their Roman counterparts. Without the promise of a special set of martyrs and lions, stay home. Vida, roaring, whirling, and devouring batting averages pulls the crowds, however, and more than 33,000 enjoyed the agonies of his latest victims. Owner Finley has been as ingenious as any of Caesar's stage managers and has offered a desperate variety of lures and diversions, ranging from Dixieland to dynamite. For 
those who take the word color literally, the uniforms appear to have been borrowed from the personal guard of Beverly, Princess of Graustark. And the men who wear them have been as victorious as an operetta army, devastating the American League's Western Division. The fans look forward to future days of Did I See Him? Let Me Tell You About. The Royals hope they never see him again. A dozen of them fanned last night as Blue, a 7 to nothing winner, rang up his 16th win, his 6th shutout of the season. Royal manager Bob Lemon and one of his swinging soldiers spoke with respectful shock. He's got a hell of an arm. Uh, God gave him a good arm and he's taking advantage of it. There's been a lot of pitchers with the same arm, and but they haven't taken advantage of it. And he's getting all his stuff over and he's in a good groove right now and there's no telling how many games he'll win. He's the way he's pitching right now, he might not ever get beat. He has a very live fastball that he throws if he starts it out just below the belt. It, it rises like 8, 10, 12 inches. And uh, you try, you start to swing at the belt, and whenever you start into it, well, it's it's up over your bat. And then he has a very good curveball to go with it. And if you look for his fastball and he throws you the curveball, you're, you're hurting. And if you look for the curveball and he throws the fastball, you're hurting. So uh, he's just got exceptional stuff. We go into a town, the press is going to want to interview me before I pitch, and there's going to be a column on this and that, and they're going to say I'm the greatest this, the greatest that. So and a lot of people read this, and they come out, and they want to believe it, you know, just to see for themselves. Am I really human? Is it really true? Or is it happening, you know? And uh, I just try not to think about whether I'm going to win or whether I'm going to lose. Just try to go out and uh, keep my confidence and give 100%. Today, owner Finley put a little spread on the dry bread of Blue's first-year man's salary by presenting him with a blue Cadillac, appropriately symbolic. The car is registered in Finley's name, but is Vita's. This will make it easy, should he win the statistically possible 40 games, to trade it in for an Azure jet or a Cerulean yacht. <laughs> this is Haywood Hale Brune in Oakland, California. Well, I'll tell you what, you don't get that kind of coverage unless you're special and Watching it's like watching the Beatles when they first came over here, or later on, Fernando Valenzuela, I think, did the same thing in L.A. They called it Fernando Mania. But just to see a guy take over the sport like he did, uh, and I was there to witness it, it was just something else. I mean, literally, the attendance would double, maybe even triple, on the nights that Vida was going to be on the mound. That's how good he was. And now he's left us at the age of 73. He had a great career. Uh, pitched not only for the A's, but also for the Giants. And then went on to be a sportscaster for NBC there in the uh, in the Bay Area, covering both teams, of course. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he was able to spend uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a weekend, hanging out with those guys that he won. Not one, not two but three consecutive World Series championships with. And most people say that, uh, yeah, they won five divisions in a row. They won three World Series in a row and likely could have probably won four or five had it not been for this thing called free agency that started in the mid-'70s. A very special team, and Vita Blue, a very special guy. We will miss him. Have a great night.